0: Hello there. We greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what a blessing it is to be able to finish up what I would call the last part of a wonderful lesson we've been doing over the last several weeks as far as the letter to the church at Philippi. And thank you for joining us on this Thursday. I'm very excited about how we're going to end this out as far as this time is concerned. Before we get started, though, let me, if I could, uh, lead us in a word of prayer as we sense and seek what it is that the Lord wants to do as far as this time of ours is concerned. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you right now for the sufficiency of your grace, your power, your love, your kindness, your mercy, and your forgiveness. Center our thoughts and affections heavenward, O God, as we on this Thursday. Prepare to study your word and really understand what it means to be in relationship with you and to serve you and to partner with others as far as doing your work. God, if you would, in your own powerful and divine way, show yourself mighty and strong, O God. Uh, Illuminate our minds to understand, to receive, and to apply The things that have been shared, oh God, so that we can become better disciples and show a dark world how loving and how kind and how gracious you are. It's in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray, and in his name we claim it done. Amen. 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 So. As far as uh, our time together is concerned, I want to, uh, on this particular day, uh, to pick up on verse 14 of Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to go to the end of this particular verse, and then we will wrap up Philippians. We will be done with the letter to the church at Philippi. Um. This fourth chapter is really Paul's uh, apex as far as this letter is concerned. And I think I shared with you all on last week how Paul really loved the church at Philippi. It was not one of the largest churches that the Lord allowed for him to establish. However, it is one of the most productive churches And even though it may have been small as far as stature is concerned and as far as uh, economy is concerned, they were a great blessing to the Apostle Paul and his ministry. I want you to understand that Paul basically is writing this letter to the church at Philippi while he is in prison. So this is considered to be one of the prison epistles. And he writes this letter to let them know that um, he is so appreciative of all that they have done for him. That he is uh, blown away at their generosity and their kindness that they've shown toward him and the work that he has done for ministry. And so basically he is letting them know, I, I listen, I have no qualms with all that you all have done to ensure that the work of the Lord will continue to go forward. And so what we want to do is we want to pick up today as far as Philippians chapter 14 um, through uh, verse 23. And of course, we did some major markup last week as far as our time together is concerned. We want to go ahead and jump into the matter at hand. So let's look at verse 14 um, where Paul says nevertheless you have done well that you share in my distress that you share in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only for even in Thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessities not that I seek the gift but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account verse 17 is so important so important I want you to look at that and I want you, if you don't have that highlighted I want you to highlight that not that I seek the gift but I seek fruit that abounds to your account Indeed, I have all and about, I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things you have sent, things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Verse 19, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 21, greet every saint In Christ Jesus the brethren who are with me greet you all the saints greet you but especially those who are of Caesar's household the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all amen let's go back to verse 14 which is where we kind of want to lock in right now nevertheless you have done well that you shared with me in distress this look at that word nevertheless you have done well That you shared in my distress. That's past tense. Which basically means that Paul had been in financial need before. And the Philippians came to his aid. When when Paul started out as far as doing ministerial work. As far as preaching the gospel. As far as setting up churches throughout Asia Minor. Paul divided his time between spiritual work and secular work. In other words, Paul for a moment was bivocational. He was a tent maker by trade, but he also shared in the gospel as far as Jesus Christ is concerned. And as he traveled, he would use his tent making skills to earn an income. And when the work of evangelism flourished, he had to give up being a tent maker to concentrate totally on the work of the church. There were days when he went without food. <laughs> there were days he went without necessity for the sake of the gospel. Now, though Paul was content, no matter what the circumstances, he, he's so grateful, so grateful for the gift, for the help that the Philippians sent with Epaphroditus. Now, I want you to understand that Paul was keenly aware that this was not a big church. However, they felt such a kinship to Paul. They felt such a need with Paul. They felt such a partnership with Paul that they did not want the work of ministry to go lacking because Paul was lacking. So they came to his aid. They took up a collection, and they sent it to him so he could do the work of ministry, all right? Because they gave of their means, they shared, check this out, in the troubles of Paul, and they did something about his problem, all right? Let me say it again. They shared in the troubles of Paul, and they did something about his problem problem see in the very beginning the other churches planted by Paul did not do what the Philippian church did on a regular basis it it, it appears according to the writings of Paul here that other churches started assisting Paul by the time he started on his third missionary journey Paul did three missionary journeys through Asia Minor and the church at Philippi was there throughout all three of those okay The church at at Philippi, it it seems like, and and I think I'm on good ground as far as the sharing is concerned, it seemed like they included the work of Paul in their budget. They they supported the work that he was doing all over the region, not just at Philippi. And, And while they could not go with him on those missionary journeys, they sent funds to support him on those missionary journeys. And, and the gifts from them came during his affliction. And, and Paul was very, very appreciative. Okay. Um, uh, and notice what he says in verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessity. So at the very beginning of their Christian experience... When Paul left Macedonia, they alone, the church at Philippi, they alone shared with Paul in the matter of giving and receiving. And again, when Paul was at Thessalonica on his second missionary journey, if you read Acts chapter 17, verse 1, you will see the church at Philippi is there. And he experienced a definite need. They sent aid to him once again. All right, so again, here is Paul thanking them, sending out an email, if I could use today's uh, 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 apparatus, sending out an email blast to them, getting on social media and saying, hey, my brothers and sisters in Macedonia, God knows I'm so appreciative of all that you all have done. You did not have to do it. You did not have to share. You did not have to uh, give anything to me But I thank you One thing that my mother constantly reminds me Folks ain't got to be nice And they don't have to be nice to you So Paul was saying I thank you For what you've done for me As far as the work of ministry is concerned Because I want you to understand That had you not done it There's no telling where I would be right now So Paul is greatly Greatly appreciative. He's greatly appreciative. Now, verse 17 really becomes the kicker that turns this whole chapter on his head. And I'm getting ready to drop it on you. And, uh, uh, and, and, and hopefully I can, I, can, I can bless you with this. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek fruit that abounds to your account. I want you to catch this. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek fruit that may abound to your account. Paul was not trying to get more from the Philippians. All right, understand that. Paul was not trying to get more from the Philippians. He was not trying to butter them up in order to receive additional assistance. There are times when people say nice things to you only trying to get something from you. Paul made it clear to the saints this is not the case. Paul was not out to rob the saints and fill his belly, like those he talked about in Philippians 3.19. He loved the saints at Philippi, and he appreciated their generosity. Okay? All right? So I want you to understand Paul is not doing this. Paul is not doing this trying to get more from the Philippians. Okay? All right. he, he's not doing this. Um, um, there, there are churches that, that do a lot for their pastors and take care of their pastors through pastor appreciation and, and things of that sort. And God knows that's greatly appreciated. But one has to be careful not to, watch this, take advantage of the people of God. Okay, Not to take advantage Of the people of God Now let me just say this There's a difference between uh, The preacher taking advantage of the people of God And the people of God taking advantage of the preacher So you have to balance Those two Paul knew the worth that he brought To the table The church at Philippi appreciated Everything that Paul brought To the table Okay Now But notice what Paul says, and this messed me up when I first read it years ago. Paul desired fruit that will be credited to their account. All right? Um, Paul always had, had other people on his mind. So Paul wasn't looking for a gift just to satisfy his own need. He wanted to credit to come to the account of the Philippians. In other words, watch this. Their giving to Paul meant they supported the work of Paul that God had called Paul to and that had been ordained from heaven. Therefore, because they gave to Paul, God was crediting their account in heaven. All right. All right. I'm I'm trying to help, help somebody here. Because they gave to Paul, Paul said, I don't want you to give to me because I have need or because I'm seeking a gift. I am seeking your account to blow up in heaven. I am seeking for God to lay up treasures for you in heaven. So watch this. There are pastoral benefits and pew blessings that as you give to the support of ministry, God credits your account and this is what I want you to understand, that the way that God credits your account ain't always monetary. There are some things that God will do for you when you bless the man or the woman of God as they do the work of God. Okay? So, so, so for example, um, and, and I, I hear this all the time, you know, people say, You know, well, we pay the preacher. Why do we need to give a preacher something for uh, his or her birthday? Why do we need to give a preacher something for his or her appreciation? Why do we need to do that? Well, there's no price you can place on the gospel of Jesus Christ. You cannot pay for the preaching of the gospel. Okay? Um, No price. No price. And I tell folks, I say, well, you cannot pay for the preaching of the gospel. You certainly can pay for shipping and handling. And so... Uh, What what I want you to understand is that to do the work of ministry costs. And you'd be surprised what those who take ministry seriously go through. Emotionally, mentally, relationally, spiritually, physically. You'd be surprised. And in most cases, most cases, I would say 98% of pastors across the width and breadth of this land are underwhelmingly underpaid okay now the unfortunate reality is that you see uh the a lot of mega church pastors who are blowing up and 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 everybody think that's how all pastors flow think all pastors got cadillacs think all pastors live in a mansion Think all pastors, you know, are, 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 are rolling in Bentleys. No, the majority of us are um, underwhelmingly paid. The majority of pastors across the width and breadth of this land are working two, sometimes three jobs, trying to provide for their family as they serve the people of God. And so anytime you bless the man or woman of God, And you do it from a pure place, God is crediting your account. Jesus said it, if you give my prophet a cool drink of water, you will not what? Lose your reward. Now, now there are people, there are people who don't want to do anything for the pastor. And that's fine. You don't have to do that. There are people that don't want to give anything to the woman or man of God. That's cool. You don't have to do that. As a matter of fact, whenever uh, our board uh, uh, chair or anybody comes to the church to, to ask you know, the church to give something for my birthday or for my appreciation, I kind of squ- squinch because I know that there are some people who don't want to do anything for the pastor. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of folks who really think that I should have two or three other jobs as far as the work is concerned, knowing that a church of St. Paul's size cannot uh, will not function well with just a part-time pastor. This is full-time work. Remember, even Paul had to give up his tent-making job to take on the spiritual work full time so that all these different churches could be established. The interesting thing is, is that for those that do give, God blesses them in an amazing and an astounding way. And let me tell you what, 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 what let, let me just share with you my heart. Let me share with you where I am as far as St. Paul Church is concerned. And, and here it is. Here it is. And this is what I want you to understand. When Paul says, not that I seek to give, but I seek that fruit, may, that fruit abounds to your account, guess what? Here at St. Paul, here at St. Paul, I am part of you in giving to make sure that fruit abounds to our account here at St. Paul. What is meant by that? I tell folks, first of all, that here at St. Paul, I tithe on everything that i get that is not to be paid back so for example i don't tie you know if i had a loan or whatever i don't tithe on a loan or if i you know had damage to my house and i got an insurance check i'm not going to tithe on the insurance check why because that's to be used for to replace something so that's not necessarily income however here at saint paul i tithe on my total package here at the church i tithe on what you give for me for my birthday and for my anniversary when I go out and preach in different places and if I receive an honorarium I tithe on that and so because of that I am one of the top five givers here at St. Paul and this is me individually this is not me and peer not me and my family. This peer gives what she gives. I give what I give. It is individual. Based. And so I'm among one of the top three givers here at this church. And I make no qualms about it because I believe that um, a, a pastor who does not tithe or give to his or her church is a pitiful example. And that's why I would never ask anybody to do something that I'm not doing myself. I'm one of the top three givers here at the church. Why? Because, number one, I do that out of love and obedience to uh, my God and Jesus Christ. Secondly, I want to see St. Paul do well. So it is me making the personal lesson. blessing. But then also, I know that there are promises that are connected to giving here at St. Paul. But when someone gives something to me or they feel led to give something to me, The Lord does some stuff in their lives that just blows my mind. And I have, at times, given to other pastors because the Lord laid uh, the the woman or the man of God on my heart, and I've seen God bless me in an amazing way. And so for those that that, 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 that don't want to do that, you don't have to do that. Just understand where there is no sowing, there is no reaping. Just understand that... um, Uh, Where there is no seed, there is no fruit. Just understand that where there is no gift, there is no credit. Okay? Uh, And I don't say this to engage in what I call self-aggrandizement. I say this because this is what the word says. That there are, um, as, as the man or woman of God is being blessed by the church, there are major benefits that come to the pew. Now watch this. And watch what Paul says, because we see this in verses 18 and and 19. Um, um, Indeed, I have all and am abound. I am full and have received from Epaphroditus the things sent sent from you. Watch this. A sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing, not to me, not to Paul, but to God okay alright now watch this since these people had already helped Paul so much Paul did not want them to think he was still looking for more from them Paul was saying listen uh, uh, thank you all for what you all have sent from through Epaphroditus I, 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 I'm blown away by what you all have done I, I'm good right now okay I, I'm good what they had sent with Epaphroditus in uh, chapter 2 of this letter had an effect on both Paul and God. Wow. Wow. Paul and God. Their gift to Paul had an effect on Paul and God. Their gift, check this out, to Paul was like a fragrant offering to God. It had become an acceptable sacrifice to God. It was pleasing to God. All right? Now, Paul compared the gift of the Philippians to the Old Testament offerings in the the book of Leviticus. Now, in the book of Leviticus, there are three offerings that are labeled as sweet-smelling offerings. The first one is the burnt offering. The second one is the meal offering. The third one is the peace offering. Burnt offering, meal offering, peace offering. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. I, I, I need you to follow me. All three of these offerings were a delight to the heart of God burnt offering the meal offering the peace offering Paul wanted the Philippians to know that their generous gift was like the burnt offering the meal offering and the peace offering not only was Paul blown away but watch this God was blown away he he wanted them to realize that they pleased God with their efforts, that their support of his ministry was like a lovely, fragrant offering that went up to the nostrils of God. Okay? So, what am I trying to say here? I want you to understand that when we bless the ministry, when we bless the man or woman of God, that their spiritual worth and the numbers of souls that the Lord is leading to him is incalculable. It's invaluable. You can't put a price on eternity. However, when we sow into the ministry, and when we sow into the man or woman of God, we are sending to God a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice. It's well-pleasing to God. Our main goal is to please God as these men and women of God pleases God with their efforts, with their work. Now, let me dare say it. I am nowhere in, in favor of any man or woman of God having what I call total access to the checkbook of the church where they could do whatever they feel like doing. I, I don't believe in, 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 in a church where the pastor can put his signature on, on a check. I, that, mm it, it doesn't work like that. There's a system of checks and balances. But I do believe that a pastor should be compensated as much as that church can with what they have going on, and for those that are a blessing to that pastor, that basically that they will understand that what they give to that pastor, that woman or man of God, that to God it becomes a sweet-smelling offering, and that God has a blessing that's connected to that. So, this is where I want to give you the contextual understanding of verse 19, because verse 19, just like verse 13, has been taken out of context. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, this is where I'm getting ready to mess somebody up because oftentimes. We take this verse, verse 19, out of context. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, notice how Paul starts off verse 19. Paul has said in verse 17, not that I seek to give, but I seek fruit abounds to your account. In other words, I'm not looking for extra, but whatever you do, God is going to credit your account. And then he says, verse 18, I'm good. I'm so appreciative of what you all sent from Epaphroditus. And what you sent from Epaphroditus has become a sweet offering to the nostril of God. Verse 19, and. The word and is a conjunction that connects something before. So Paul is saying, watch this, because you have blessed me. Because you have given to my work God Shall supply all your need According to the riches In glory by Christ Jesus Ooh, I just messed somebody up In other words Paul is saying because you all have Blessed me And my work There's a pure blessing Connected to you blessing me That God is going to reciprocate Give back to the Philippians That, that, that they had met Paul's needs And now God's going to meet their needs Ooh, ooh, ooh So this ain't in isolation No, this is in connection To the church being a blessing To the work of ministry That God will not only bless them Out of or from his abundance But in accordance to the glorious riches In Christ Jesus Oh I I know. I know. I know. I know. Somebody looking at me going like, "He's trying to cap for himself." God knows I'm not. God knows I'm not. I'm like Paul. I'm good. I'm like Paul. I'm cool. I'm I'm like Paul. I realize uh what God has done and is doing for me. I'm like Paul. Uh St. Paul is 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 a wonderful church. Uh I'm I'm good. But 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 I want you to check this out. Paul, when he talked about the sacrificial gift from the saints, Paul immediately thought about God's sufficient storehouse to take care of all their needs. My God and my God shall supply. All your, it doesn't say needs, says need, singular. All your need, according to his riches, plural, in glory through Christ Jesus. In this chapter, Paul reveals so many benefits made available through Jesus Christ. So the riches come in connection not to material possessions but to Jesus Christ who is able to supply materially emotionally mentally physically but more important spiritually okay all right now watch this paul reveals so many benefits he spoke about the peace of god made available Through Jesus Christ. He talked about the power of God. Made available through Jesus Christ. And now he talks about the supply of God. Made available through Jesus Christ. Or the provisions of God. Made available through Jesus Christ. Paul mentions these sacrifices. Because he connects it to the Old Testament. And he's informing us of the financial status of the saints. Now, this is where I want to really probably help us understand. This is probably where we at St. Paul as a church are. The Philippian saints were not a wealthy church. They weren't running over with money. They probably had to dig real deep in their pockets to send something to Paul. They had to pay for Epaphroditus. To deliver the gift to Paul. This was a major sacrifice. And Paul wanted them to know. That God was going to take care of them. By taking care of their need. All they needed. Was available through Jesus Christ. From the storehouse of God. The Philippians obviously understood that principle. In Luke 6.8. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down, shaking together, running over, shall men give unto you, uh, to your bosom for the same measure that you give, it shall be given back to you. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm a living witness to that. And so then, Paul says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And then Paul says, now to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul just really had this uncanny, beautiful way of of closing a message. His doxologies become wonderful, beautiful benedictions uh, as far as a church is is concerned, and and I just love the way that Paul um, uh, positions the things that he has dropped on on us. Uh, let me go ahead and wrap 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 this up. Let's look at verse twenty two, and and, and twenty one through twenty three. And then Paul, as he closes the letter, it's almost like he's opening back up something new, but he's not. He's really sealing it. Paul says, greet every saint in Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul is saying, tell all my brothers and sisters of the faith. I say, what's up? <laughs> and before he puts his pen down, notice what he says. In verse 21, the brethren who are with me greet you. In other words, Paul had some folks that were checking on him in prison that sent greetings. Okay? Then when we look at, 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 at verse 22, because when we look at verse 21, um, the brothers who were with Paul sent greetings, and, and probably part of that group may have been his son in ministry, Timothy. All right. The saints greet you. Those were the ones that were part of the church at Rome. So they're sending greetings to the church at Philippi. All right. And, and many of them have become converts during Paul's imprisonment. So Paul is having an impact while he's in jail. All right. And, and those who are said, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. This meant that those that work for the government <laughs> were being converted to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Soldiers. You probably had the butler and the baker and the maids being converted. Part of Caesar's household. Caesar couldn't even understand and didn't even like Jesus. Didn't like Christians. But those that worked for him were being converted. Why? Because Caesar looked at himself as being a god. And here is Paul calling Jesus Lord. And then his concluding comment, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. Amen. The marvelous grace, the amazing grace, the abounding grace, the astounding grace, the outstanding grace, the extraordinary grace, the resilient grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Grace, the unmerited favor from God that's given to you and me. Grace, God gives us that which we don't deserve. And the very thing we don't deserve The very thing we don't deserve is Jesus Christ. Jesus ultimately is God's grace to us. And notice, everything that Paul wrote in this letter is sandwiched between grace. In verse 1, he opens up in, 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 in chapter 1, verse 2, he opens up with grace. And in chapter 4, verse 23, he closes with grace. And all the other stuff, dealing with Sintichi and Irididas, talking about the gifts that were given to him, talking about how uh, at every name, um, uh, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess, As he dealt with theology, ecclesiology, that's how the church operates. As he dealt with relationships, he sandwiched that between grace. May we, as we live our lives and govern our lives, uh, learn how to sandwich things between grace. I shared with staff the other day that there are times when Showing grace can be frustrating. I now understand how God operates with us. That one can be frustratingly gracious. <laughs> grace is a very frustrating thing. Why? Because what you want to give folks, you don't. Grace can be a very frustrating thing because what you don't want to give folks, you give it. Let's be honest, sometimes you don't want to be nice. Sometimes you really want to tell folks what's on your mind because your mind is still being converted. And grace says, "Eh, I'm going to frustrate your plans. Because guess what? That's how God deals with us. Well, as we close this lesson, as far as um, the letter to the church at Philippi, it is my hope and prayer that you all have been blessed. I want to see if there are any questions. There was one question sure. from Joe he wants to know, when you're talking about offering, are you talking about a meal offering? Um, wh- well, in the Old Testament, it was a meal offering. Now, Paul ain't talking about no meal offering personally. What Paul is talking about is a financial offering. So when Paul talks about an offering, he's talking about monetary. Okay? He's not, they, they didn't bring him chicken in. They didn't pound him. They did not pound Paul. Like churches used to do the preacher back in the day, pound the preacher with chicken and flour and sugar and, and stuff like that. No, it was a financial offering. But Paul was comparing it to the different types of offerings as listed in the book of Leviticus that the people would bring before God. Okay, sure. Can you clarify the difference between me and we? Um. That that's a good question, but and and in this particular instance. Paul is trying to let them understand that whatever their need is, is satisfied in Christ Jesus. Now, what we tend to do is we tend to take that and we tend to, we, when we read this verse, first of all, we, we, re, we read it out of context by virtue of the fact that we got to understand that it's connected to their giving to Paul. Second of all, we add the S to it when we quote it, and there is no S. So basically, it's just like, it's just like Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That we can have a lot of wants, but what David was saying is that with the Lord being my shepherd, I really don't have to go to God for anything that I want Or need, as far as my life is concerned, trusting and knowing that God is going to take care of it. So the essence of what we need is ultimately connected to the person of Jesus Christ. That is become and and that is transferred through the storehouse of God. And my God shall shall supply all your need. So basically, it is whatever the Lord. Believes that you need is done because of your connection with Jesus Christ based upon the fact that your connection with Jesus Christ has allowed for you to be gracious and generous. All right. Let me um, just, just share with you all um, that Love Note registration ends tomorrow. And so, um, if you are married or if you are engaged, we would love for you to sign up for Love Notes. It's going to be great. It's going to take place on February the 6th from 7 to 8 o'clock. Our marriage ministry under um, the wonderful leadership of um, the Lees and the Davises. Um, they, They have planned a wonderful evening of fellowship, of sharing, and of encouragement. And so we want you to join us in Love Notes. Uh, Register because there are some gifts that are connected to your registration if you register. Uh, The other thing is, of course, join us for Sunday morning worship. The great news I've gotten today, I've been pushing for this, uh, and uh, it's finally coming through, is that St. Paul on next Thursday... And more details will be forthcoming soon. Has been chosen as a COVID vaccination site. Uh, We will let you know whether that will be outside or whether we will have you to come into the gym to be vaccinated and let you know how we will flow as far as that's concerned. But I'm very excited because uh, we've been chosen to be a vaccination site in the middle of a community that really needs the vaccination. So God is to be praised uh, as far as that is concerned and um uh it was a vision that i've had and we've had the people who have been helping us to pursue that so uh, i'm looking forward so we are uh we have been a testing site for COVID and we're now partnering with atrium to become a vaccination site and so like i said more details will be forthcoming real soon Just be patient with us. we got to figure out the logistics and how things are going to flow. But more information will be coming real soon. And and by the way, while I'm talking about the vaccination, let me just say that someone um, um, put out a false statement that I said that I am not pushing anybody to be vaccinated. And that is so far from the truth. Uh, What I am doing is telling you to investigate for yourself. And if you feel comfortable, take the vaccination. I'm going to be vaccinated as soon as I'm able to be vaccinated. I'm going to be vaccinated as soon as I'm able to be vaccinated. So I wanted to clear up uh, that, that uh, false rumor because it's nowhere near the truth. Um, and, um, and But what I want you to do is I want you to check out for yourself, uh, investigate, do your own research, and come to your own conclusion, and, you know, move by your own conscience, but I personally, as your pastor, as soon as I'm able to be vaccinated, I will be. All right, uh, I want to encourage you, um, to have, to, 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 to give so that fruit may be abound to your account. (laughs) Um, as you give here at St. Paul Church, God is, um, going to be a blessing to you and will supply your need according to the riches in glory through Christ Jesus. That's the best way on this day I have to ask as far as you can give. You can give by mailing check a money order to the church, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205, or you can bring your check, cash, or money order to the church, uh, drop it off at church, but call the church to make sure someone is here to receive your offering, and we will place it in a safe deposit box and count it on the following Sunday. You could also go to our church website, follow the giving prompts there and Give, or you can give through the app called Givelify and uh, be a blessing, and that as you give to the ministry here, God is going to abound fruit or credit to your account and God will supply your need according to God's riches and glory through, by, for Christ Jesus. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and if the Lord says same, I'll look forward to seeing, uh, hoping that you all will join us as far as Sunday morning worship or any other teaching ministry that we have going on through our various ministries this week. God, we come and we thank you, and we pray right now that here at St. Paul, we So much resembled the church at Philippi Um, in the sense that while we may not be wealthy from a financial perspective, uh, God, you have allowed for this church to be very generous as far as being a blessing to uh, various ministries as well as uh, your work. And we take it seriously. Lord, um, we want fruit to be abound to our account. Help us to become an even more giving church. Um, That as we give uh, all across the board, that you will abound fruit to our account and supply our need according to the riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Show yourself mighty and strong in our lives, God. We lift up families who are experiencing loss and grief. We lift up persons who are gone without. We lift up persons who are struggling with covid Help us, oh God, to be part of the solution in bringing this dreaded disease under control. Now God, uh, bless us throughout the rest of this day and even this week as we continue to do your work so that you will be edified and exalted. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you all.